It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, December 15th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wants to know where we are going to find that offense that this team has been missing. That's the big question. We'll get into it, plus preview tonight's matchup against the Devils and do a prospect profile on today's show. You're Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello once again. I am Rachel Donner. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Flyers. That's where you can keep track of our episodes and all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. If you want to see our smiling or grumpy faces, depending on how the Flyers do, we are over there as well. So, Russ, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks and you have been very insistent that this team does have the skill to score goals they do have the skill to score on the power play and so i'm wondering based on what we know now and and i would say you know the lineup versus colorado uh, max willman was in for zach McEwen. let's just assume it was McEwen in the lineup um and so the lines were kind of as mm-hmm. such. But, you know, would you make any changes to the lineup in order to try and jumpstart that scoring? And who do you think is like the focus of that? So good question. Um, I mean, as far as the lines, I probably wouldn't do much with the lines because I don't think I don't think you could do much else with the um, with the lines or the pairings. Power play, I think I could do more with. Um, you know, I'm even looking. Konechny, three power play goals on the year. Um, Hayes, two. You know, they're not scoring on the power right. play. They're scoring at even strength, which is great, but they could score more on the power play besides other players. And I'll get through this whole laundry list of who could be scoring more when we get to it. But on the power play, um, and let's just say D'Angelo's back in there, I would put Farabee on the top power play, and I would put Cates on the second power play. Cates is not a top power play guy. And Farabee used to be their best distributor on the power play. I think that would help Kevin Hayes. I think that would get him more goals or Konechny, either one, because he's a good distributor on the power play. Plus, we get his points up a bit, and I think that would add to his confidence. And then with, with, um, with Cates, then you know put Cates in the bumper and, and, and Van Riemsdyk in the slot. That's fine tip it where he is so he could do his one-timer and you know right now I think I would take Provorov off the point and put Sandheim there Sandheim's got to get me more points Provorov sure he can get a wrist shot through but after two cycles of the puck he does the same moves he's like a broken record that way 
Sandheim's got to grow in that in that regard. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Sandheim because that's one of the points that I have, you know, pun intended for playing at the point. But I think that, you know, we were talking on yesterday's show about having the speed in comparison to the Avalanche and that Sandheim is like one of the guys that can get back quickly. And so if he's at your point on the power play, I think you have a better shot when you know, the shot goes wide and ricochets off the yep. boards or whatever. And the other team gets, uh, you know, a rush going shorthanded in the other direction, which is, you know, a, a danger when you have like guys shooting and missing the net. Yes. Right. So I think that having Sandheim at the point gives you a better shot at preventing some of those goals at the same time as a guy that's going to take advantage of offensive. Opportunities I agree. And there. defensively, Farabee's really good on that first power play for that too, where you have someone like D'Angelo that's not. So yeah. I think it would cover for more ills there too. For whatever reason, this coaching group does not have the same faith in Farabee that I did or even Elaine Vigneault did, and I don't understand why. Yeah, I mean, they've put Farabee all up and down the lineup, and I think they're a, a little bit perplexed as to where to yeah. put him in the regular five-on-five five lines, and I think that's carried over to the power play as well. Um, because again, I'm not sure like the slot on power play too is the it's best not. Spot and how many, him. what's he going to get 12 seconds? Like sometimes they leave that first power play mm-hmm. out there for like, you know, a, like a yeah. 30 so, like, or what's whatever. he going to get in the slot? One chance? Like it's not worth it. What do you think about JVR in terms of being on PP one versus power play? Well, two? I mean, he is an excellent power play guy always has been, but Again, you do have to do something to make your second power play better. At this point, I could always just take off power play one if it's struggling and, and get it out there. So I don't need it doesn't really matter which one he's on. If I'm struggling for you know mm-hmm. for for goals on the power play or feel like the power play is just not gonna do it, then don't leave him out there for that long and get the second one out there longer because you've got a guy like JVR on it. So that's sure. that's another reason maybe to leave it so you have a safety valve. You load up everybody on one and one fails, then what? Exactly. Exactly. That is a fair point. So I do want to talk about those skilled players who can and should be doing better and, and shooting better. And uh, you mentioned that you have some specific names on your list. Uh, who you got? First, First guy is Tony D'Angelo. He should have more points. So that one's probably obvious, and and I feel like he still hasn't shown us the same power play guy that he can be and has been. So so there's that. Travis Sanheim I already got to. That's fine. Morgan Frost needs to do more. Uh, and, you know, in all facets for scoring, he's got some points. He's got 10, but he needs he needs to do more. Uh, Farabee, even though he's a half point a game, could do better. I'm not sensing that it's his neck, so we can't give him a pass all year for the neck. We have to at some point say what's going on. But and then um, Scott Lawton, Scott Lawton's not even on pace for last year. Mm-hmm. Like he's below that pace, so he's another guy that could do it. And honestly, depending on what you think Owen Tippett should be, he should have more than 13 points. He has eight goals. That's pretty good. Five assists. Mm, you know, considering all the time he gets between power play and line time and everything else, he should have more than five assists. So so those are guys that they all have it in them. Like you go back and you could look at points and they've all had better years and they should do better. 
You know, for me, Scott Lawton is really high on my list. Like you said, I think that, you know, he's created a bunch of really good opportunities and, you know, a few of them have have led to goals. Um, And I think he's really been thinking playmaking versus shooting this season uh, in a way that maybe it's related to the torts, you know, defensive minded Mm -hmm. attitude and he because he's been playing well defensively like he's a huge part of why they've been able to prevent shots he's been blocking shots but I I do think that he needs to be a little bit more selfish with the puck sometimes Yeah, the offensive spark that was there at the beginning of the year isn't there now right exactly and so I want to see more from him in terms of no hold on to the puck and take that shot Scotty you, you you can do it. We have faith in you. This is the one year he could show that he could do more offensively. Mm-hmm. And if he can't, then I'm not sure, you know, he goes back to, you know, back to being a third line or a fourth line center. That's it. With Owen Tippett, I think you're in the right direction there in terms of he should have more assists and he should be trending a little bit higher. I think if they keep this Frost Tippett JVR line together, for an extended period, I I think that would be uh, a lot in his favor. And so I, I would look to him, you know, increasing his scoring rate over the next couple of weeks, as assuming they keep that line together, because I think it is a good combination. It is. And um, I think, you know, with JVR out until very recently, there hasn't been that right combination for him. And there's been a lot of bouncing around. Mm-hmm. with him and I think he needs that consistency so that he knows he can just eat up the ice and do his thing and not really have to worry about the defensive responsibilities right away I agree with you on that yeah so I think that for me those are the two guys I I think you know on another level I, I think Noah Cates is playing really really well I want to see him on the scoreboard more I I, I just think that there is going to be needs- a limit to his offense though just know that yeah like yeah I just think it should be a, a little bit more. I feel I feel like, you know, it would be great if he could get to like 10 goals by the end of the year. Yeah. I don't know if he could do that as a center right now. Right. I think, That's he's, the, used, yeah. I think he's using every bit of energy and brain power and everything else to survive as an NHL center, which is hard to do. And playing higher than he should be, right? Right. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. Yeah. But I, I think that would do a lot for him in mm-hmm. the eyes of the organization. And I think it would help them win games. And, you know, I think the overarching picture here that we've been talking about is like guys have been moved up and down and all around. And so it's been hard for the stability. But I just wanted us to be able to point out, you know, when we say these guys are skilled, they can do it. They've shown it in the past. We have specific people in mind. We do. Yeah. We're not just saying it blanketly. And then you ask us and we don't have any idea now. No, we yeah. we know who we would do. And we're not saying we should be the coaching staff. We're just saying, hey, we watch and this is what we think. Yep, exactly. Well, hopefully these guys have a chance to prove it up against the New Jersey Devils who they are facing tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Devils coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports, and of course, the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those at BetOnline as well. 
are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, you can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available wherever you get your podcasts. The New Jersey Devils, Russ. Yep. Since we saw them last, uh, we're having this weird trend of playing teams again in close succession uh, like we did with the Avs. But uh, since then, the Devils have played four games. They won versus the Blackhawks, but then have lost three games in a row. They were uh, beaten by the Isles, the Rangers, and then they lost to Dallas four to one last. And I, I think the the Devils were pretty fired up about that loss. Um, they they took it hard, and you know, looking at their game history over the last little bit. That Dallas game was the first game since November 23rd that the Devils haven't scored three or more goals. Even when they've lost, they've scored three or more goals. And so I think that the lack of scoring was probably frustrating for them, that they're used to getting more goals and they were really flustered by what the Dallas Stars were able to do defensively against them. So I think they should be looking at some tape about Dallas. But I think that, yeah, the Flyers should be doing that. But I think that the Devils are like the shine of that confidence is starting to wear off a little bit. And you're seeing some anger and frustration bleed through. I think the uh, the big thing is with, with the Devils, you have to match their speed and then take advantage of these defensive lulls that they'll have when their offense is coming at you. That's their defense that you can't do anything about it. Like they've got the puck, they're moving it. You're, you're just trying to survive your goaltenders under siege, but the Rangers were able to come back from, I think two, two goal deficits. And that's because they, they started to get their quick strike ability back because they have some guys that could break down the ice, you know, get a stretch pass going, get behind the defense, make a play. You know, I don't see too many set plays with the uh, flyers. I could be wrong. But I don't notice too many set plays. I wish there were more. I think with the Flyers, with set plays, you really notice them when they're set plays, like something off a draw or you've seen a couple power plays. I see them off the draw. I don't see them necessarily off the attack. Exactly. It's like off the rush, it's harder to discern whether something is a set play or not with the Flyers. And maybe that's by design and maybe it's not. But I think that... Um, they could be, you know, doing more precise things like that that are are more obvious. Um, and that sounds counterintuitive because then, you know, you would think the Devils would be able to predict that. But I think that they aren't expecting that from the Flyers, like quick passing, really precise movement. So no, but guys like Hayes, Farabee, Konechny, they're capable of doing it. You know, if D'Angelo mm-hmm. gets on the lineup, they're capable of doing it. Like these guys can do that. And if you could do it once or twice a game, especially uh, while the game is tied, you do have a chance to to get a lead against the Devils. The Devils could definitely come back from behind, but they play differently when they're ahead. They really do try and pour on the offense then. Mm-hmm. When they're playing from behind, it's different. They're a little more measured, and, and then their defense has to play that much better. 
like I said, Jack Hughes has the puck half the game, it seems, at times. I mean, he had that one. <laughs> that is true. one game he had the puck for, what, the last seven minutes he set a record. So, you know, you got to watch out for that. I know. Sometimes I think like he's just always out there and doesn't take shift breaks. I know. But, um, yeah, it is interesting. Uh, and, you know, we've seen the Flyers have had success against the Devils. You know, they won that first game against them. And then in the last game, they were really effective defensively and held the Devils to no shots for an extended period of time. And, you know, if you look at the Devils overall this season so far, they're averaging 14 high danger chances for per 60, right? The Flyers, that number goes down to 12 per 60. So the Flyers are doing something right defensively against the Devils here. And, you know, the Flyers are about the same in terms of the offense against the Devils as the league-wide average for their play. And so I, I think the opportunity is there. Yeah, the dump and chase that they were doing, I think, is the right thing to do. Uh, it gives them, they have to, you know, skate a little bit more. Even if their flyers aren't going to gain the puck out of it, uh, they got to go the whole length of the ice sometimes. So that was, you know, I think a reason it cut down the number. It didn't win the game for them, but right. it does cut down the number. So then you do still have to be opportunistic and you can't screw around on the power play. If you get a power play, you got to make it. Like you have to do those things. And I don't know. I mean, Maybe they're practicing the power play today. Let's hope, or yesterday rather. Let's hope because, again, that's just one of those things where the Devils are a team now that you have to look at them differently. And you have to look at them and say, okay, we've got to play. Even if they are not as fast, then like John Tortorella says, you have to think quick. So mm -hmm. let's see if we see that. Yeah. And, you know, the Devils are beatable, obviously. Oh, yeah. The last three games for them have, have shown that. And if you look at their expected goals at five on five, it has been on a gradual decline mm -hmm. over the past several weeks. And it's really obvious that something is amiss there and they haven't figured it out because they had that win streak for so long. Yeah, that they're I think that they've run into the problem where they don't know how to deal with losing. Right? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, they were on such a high that, um, yeah, they, they probably do have to sort of like this is their bottoming out. And, you know, this is a chance for for the Flyers to sting them. But again, if the Flyers fall down like two nothing against them, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's a case of don't panic, but actually panic. With right, <laughs> right. Play like you're not panicking, but panic. But panic, exactly. All right, we are going to switch gears and do a prospect profile on Braden Yeager, a guy that I'm super intrigued by. So I'm excited to talk about him with Russ coming up next. And now an important message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride? Nah. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that would happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tra tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence 
That's why police officers are out there now looking for impaired drivers on the roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Russ, we are continuing to get an early look at some of the draft eligible prospects out there. Braden Yeager is on the list and he is a center. He's not even 18 yet. He'll turn 18 in January and he is in a lot of people's top 10 lists. He is, um, but he didn't make team team Canada, which doesn't mean he's not any good. It just means team Canada sometimes overthinks it or decides we have too many players like that. Like, so you can't Mm -hmm. put that as a, reason as to where he should be drafted or not be drafted right so that's the first thing to to sort of get out of the way he's been with the team a long time already i think three three years already so so this is a guy clearly that if you get um you're still he's gonna be in that weird territory like others that that are in that league young and then you're like well what do you do with him at 19 is he going back whatever he can't go in the ahl you know that shane wright territory so right but Still doesn't mean you shouldn't draft him. So talking about him, first thing you have to know is the power play he plays on is like a pro power play. He's got Jaeger Ferkus and Denton Matejchuk. Yeah, he's on the Moose Jaw Warriors in the WHL. And so far this year, 18 goals, 19 assists for 37 points in 30 games. Yeah. So that power play is deadly with those Mm -hmm. guys. They're high draft picks. They're all really good. So you have that. Yeah, right now he's at... 55% 55% of faceoffs and 44% on winning puck battles, according to uh, Instat. So those are pretty good numbers. Uh, he draws more penalties than he than he takes. He's a guy that can draw penalties by having the puck around the net, you know, sometimes along the wall and somebody pulls him down, or sometimes he makes a defensive play, starts going the other way, they drag him down. So he he's a guy um, that can get behind the defense with pretty good speed. It's not blazing, but it's good. And and that's something where you know then the other team you know tends to overreact. Uh, he's a really good passer. He can really make those cross ice passes, uh, but he does. He is one of those guys that sometimes will do the uh, not the blind cross ice pass, but the risky. Mm-hmm. So at some point, moving up, he might want to uh, cut that down a little bit. But he's really good. He's a power play specialist. He can score down low. Uh, smart kid. He's playing over twenty minutes a game. So he's he's got the maturity already of a uh, of what you would say a star player should be. So he he's got the right makeup. Yeah, it seems like the things that he needs to work on a little bit, like some of the board battle stuff, and you know, in terms of making like puck protection, really, yeah. that those are going to be helped just with time in terms of size yes. and strength. That the things that you can practice he's really good at so his uh, shot is pretty incredible and that he is getting better and better as a playmaker and i think playing with those guys that you mentioned on moose jaw is helping that a lot because when you play with really good players you're naturally going to get better right yeah and you know he's going to still get a couple cracks at the world junior so he'll he'll be on those teams and maybe they look at him like well you're really young um, we've got these other guys. I think it's more of that than not having the talent, right? So so you look at that. I also think that um, he's another guy that can really drive the attack. And and that's a good thing. He he gets it going. He can get on the rush. He can make 
good zone entry. You can make that first good pass. Uh, he's he's fully capable of doing that. And that's another thing where you know the Flyers have to look at guys. They should be looking at guys that can do that because they don't have a lot of guys that can do that that aren't defensemen. Yeah, he's really heads up. I watched like a ten minute highlight reel of his, and I think that his anticipation is really really strong. Like he always knows where his teammates are going to be, and he's good at coming up with alternate plans. Like if mm-hmm. there needs to be a second option, he knows what they are. Like he's always looking. And I, I think that's something that the flyers could really use that. It's not just like, we're going to drive the puck down the side and, you know, dump it into the middle and nobody's there. Right. Like, yeah, I think that's an important point because something that I've noticed about him is you know, we sometimes we hear this nonsense. Well, you know, secondary assists aren't as important as primary assists. Um, you know, he's a, a guy that gets a lot of secondary assists because he is able to see where another play is going, how it's going to sort of start developing and get it going. And he does that. And and that's something not everybody can do. Sometimes those things just naturally occur, but it does seem like he looks for those sometimes. Yeah, and I think, you know, Braden is one of those guys that we can put up as a really strong example of, you know, if the Flyers don't have the number one overall pick, here's a guy that's a really good player who's a shooter who can contribute and isn't that top pick so that we shouldn't be worried if we don't get the number one overall this time. Yeah, this is a guy who's a center. He gets back on defense and he gets back quickly. He's got a good hockey IQ. Uh, He's young. He's young for this draft. And, you know, he's already got a good pedigree. He's playing with top players. We'll go somewhere before between like four and 12, depending on the kind of season he has. But he's had good seasons already because he's been in the league a while. So, you know, these are all things. Even if you want to factor Hayes in the WHL and scoring's a little higher, they're fine. But, But all these tools are good tools. Like these are not just, you know, everyday tools for a player. Exactly. All right. We are going to wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. And I am a sucker for the dogs, Russ. Me too. And, uh, you know, we talked at the beginning of the season that John Tortorella was going to be partnering with, uh, you know, local dog rescues and stuff like that. And now they've come out with a hockey and hounds set of adoptable dogs and they named one after each of the flyers they're all freaking cute mostly chihuahua mixes which i didn't see coming but you know what some of them are especially especially cute um yeah and they have different ages which is nice because a lot of times older dogs don't get taken i can tell you a lot of times bigger dogs don't i'd like to see more bigger dogs in the next grouping because they're the ones that are a little harder but i like the Mm -hmm. mix they had a good mix of them and and it's really a, a great thing that they're doing yeah, you should look at like all of the pictures, but my personal yeah. favorite is Sarge. So Sarge was cute. Cam was cute. There was yeah. a bunch of cute ones. Yep. All right. So if you have space for it in your life and uh, can adopt a dog, highly suggest that you do. That will do it for today's show. We will be back again on Friday. We're going to recap the game against the Devils, and we're going to talk about facing the New York Rangers. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in any questions you have about the Flyers. You can tweet us 
at Lockdown Flyers. Send us a message on Instagram there. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.